Welcome to the SOSV Climate Tech Summit podcast series. I am the AI voice of Ben Joff, a partner at SOSV and co-curator of the summit. In this episode, we feature a conversation between Iceland's Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation and David Helgeson, co-founder and former CEO of Software Unicorn Unity and the founder of a climate-focused venture capital firm called Transition and an initiative called Transition Labs. They discuss Iceland's potential as a hub for carbon removal technologies and climate tech. They highlight Iceland's commitment to renewable energy sources and its strong government support for global climate solutions. They also discuss the advantages of Iceland's agile innovation ecosystem and its willingness to pilot and deploy climate technologies quickly. The speakers emphasize the importance of collaboration and experimentation in scaling climate solutions. This conversation is moderated by Ben Joff, partner at SOSV, Thank you. So yes, we're going to talk about Iceland. So Iceland is a land of uh, about 300,000 people, uh, an island in the middle of the Atlantic between Europe and the US, known mostly for Viking and volcanoes, but also uh, as one of the few nations where most of the energy sources come from renewables, uh, namely geothermal and hydropower. Uh, but there is more to it, and uh, we'll discuss that today. It's uh, now an emerging as a special place for carbon removal technologies. So for today's panel, I have two fantastic speakers. The first one is Oslog Arna Sigurds Bjornsdottir, Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation of Iceland since 2021, as well as David Halgason, um, currently founder of a new VC in climate called Transition and an initiative called Transition Labs that's bringing carbon removal technologies uh, and more climate tech to Iceland. Uh, David is also known as the former founder of uh, Game Engine Unity Technologies, currently valued over, at over 10 billion US dollars on the US stock exchange. So um, maybe let's start with uh, with you, Oslo. Uh, first, uh, thanks for making time. I know you have a very busy agenda. Uh, could you tell us a bit what's happening in Iceland regarding climate tech? Yes, just thank you for inviting us to be here with you today. Um, I mean, Iceland is, of course, like you described, we are uh, located on a geographically isolated uh, island and our economy is small. We are getting closer to 400,000 people, though, and, um, um, and many things have happened here for the last uh, couple of years. I would say that uh, in COVID, we saw how drastically our economy could change because uh, one of our biggest pillars in our economy was uh, tourism. Um, mm. And uh, we saw it quite clear that we need more pillars and more variety to our economy um, and uh, to, to don't suffer as much uh, for things that we can't control. Um, so the government uh, invested a lot in making Iceland compatible um, in uh, innovation, um, to the ecosystem of innovation and R&D funds, uh, for example. And we have also been now changing the law on uh, getting it easier to have here for foreign experts uh, to Iceland um, for those innovation company, so companies, so they would uh, like to get bigger here. But Iceland also has a long history on discussing between uh, politicians and the public, the universities, and the scientific community based on decades of managing sustainable, uh, sustainable 
valuable resources like we did with the fish in the sea. So we have um, one of the most, if not the most, uh, sustainable fisheries in the world. And we are now having a similar discussion in Iceland around climate change and sustainability. And I think it is like uh, we have a strong government and a broad political and public commitment to support and enable global climate solutions. And that is the first step. Now we have competitive innovation uh, sector, and but we always aim to uh, go faster and how Iceland can maybe for um, um, in the future being also, or I see it uh, as a, become a crowd of new climate solutions uh, based on both on our knowledge, but also uh, knowledge from abroad that see Iceland as a ideal thing to uh, try it and piloting their solutions in a small country with mm. uh, our, where you have a politically strong uh, commitment for fighting the climate change. Okay, well, that, that leads me uh, to ask now David. So David, uh, you come from the world of software. Uh, you also lived for a long time in the US as the CEO and co-founder of Unity Technologies. Uh, so what has been your, your transition to climate tech and how did you decide to come back to Iceland and uh, start uh, working on those technologies? Sure, yeah, thanks for having us. Um, so many years ago, I, I co-founded this company. I did a bunch of software. Um, you know, traveled the world, uh, did, did stuff in, in Europe and Asia and America. Um, and that was really fun. Um, when I managed to um, hire myself out of a job, uh, I, I became an angel investor, invested into software and games and AI and other things that I, at least in theory, knew something about. Um, but I also went on a deep tech journey uh, um, and, and ended up learning about uh, yeah, synthetic biology and then nuclear and a few other things. And first, it was just really fun. I love hanging out with the scientists. Then I found that uh, there were people working on climate tech solutions that uh, were just extremely exciting. You know, I'd been worrying about climate change like everyone else, but I hadn't really found a way in. Uh, I'm not a politician and I, I'm a you know, shitty activist. And... Uh, um, I, 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 I think, um, uh, yeah, but, but when I found these companies, I knew what to do. I could invest, I could advise and so on. So, so I became a very active climate tech angel uh, investor, um, also an LP, and like I invested in a bunch of venture funds. Um, and with, with these two lenses, I ended up uh, thinking or realizing that Europe really needed a, a strong um, sort of seed and Series A stage uh venture firm. Um, so I started building that a couple of years ago. Uh, we announced ourselves a month ago, but we have been uh, partnering with companies now for, for, for well over a year. Um, that's a European uh, platform. So so we're partnering in Europe, but also across the Atlantic uh, into, uh, into uh, American uh, firms, uh, where we can be a great partner in Europe. Um, those are all kind of, you know, that, that's, that, this is all kind of happening. Uh, this has all been happening. Uh, at the same time, uh, being Icelandic, I wanted to move back to Iceland. So I moved back a, almost two years ago. Um, and I, I came to sort of realize that, you know, besides being a, an incredible place and, and a beautiful place, uh, Iceland has these interesting natural and, and societal facilities. Um, so, so I ended up uh, starting this project uh, called Transition Labs out of Iceland, where we uh, to attempt to use Iceland as a um, 
sort of a lab, a place to to uh, to experiment with scaling climate technologies. So, so the, the you know what happens in the lab initially to to kind of invent mm. the technologies is really complicated. But then it turns out it's kind of as complicated to scale technologies in the real world, and and the nimbyism and red tape and and, and kind of complexities uh, around that make it really hard in big parts of the world to actually get stuff done. In Iceland, mm. in Iceland, we, we, we can actually get things done. Um, and we have a, a very positive government, as you'll probably notice on this, on this uh, panel. Um, and, uh, yeah. and, you know, so, we're in the middle of the Atlantic between the America and Europe, so it's easy to get to. Um, and, uh, yeah, we found that, that it's a really good platform to, to work out of. Okay, so let, let me turn back to Oslo now um, uh, to, to ask uh, about uh, those uh, those climate technologies being piloted because uh, one of the, the biggest news probably that came in the world of climate tech was the uh, the plant uh, set up by Climeworks for direct air capture some time ago, which uh, at the time on, was and I think still is the largest in the world. Uh, so uh, Oslo, uh, can you tell us about what, how does it work at the government level uh, regarding uh, things like uh, permitting, selecting projects, possibly community building as well around those projects that are, you know, very unfamiliar, like kind of first of a kind for, for not only Iceland, but sometimes for the entire world. Yes, um, I mean, uh, we are trying to, and we have aimed to get the environment that uh, all kinds of company could blossom. We would never know where the next uh, unicorn would be, uh, like we are seeing um, in Iceland today, that we would not have guessed that that would come from uh, even our fisheries. Um, but um, I think uh, we are trying to agile all of our system. So as we are small, as you mentioned in the beginning, um, the routes here are shorter. Um, it is shorter to communicate with everyone in the society. So we can make everything happen faster, even though I still aim to get it much more faster than this today. It is much faster than most of other countries can show themselves. So with a strong foundation of innovation, a supportive government, a talented workforce, we also, of course, have a world-class talent pool in uh, science and engineering uh, because of our experience with our energy and we have 100% of green energy in Iceland. Mm. Every uh, house was heated with uh, hot water uh, many years ago. So we also have, because of um, uh, our land, I mean, our volcanic crazy land, some would uh, say, that we have strong know-how in geology and maritime expertise that we hope to somehow repurpose for carbon removal. And mm. if our talent, how we did it with um, the fisheries, uh, if we could put that on to the climate solutions, that would benefit not only us, but hopefully the companies that uh, come here, try out the solutions and then go worldwide and big. And we have, like you mentioned, plenty of experience uh, working in the climate space as we are the home to CarbFix, uh, Climeworks are here, uh, CRI and other world-class climate companies that David is uh, as well bringing. Um, so we are uh, in that discussion how we can make this more agile route, how it is easy to build up here. But David is already uh, building it up here just because of how the system is today and how competitive we are already. 
Yeah, the, the, you make an excellent point about like shorter routes because uh, like, I'm, I'm going to turn to David now. Um, like in many cases, climate tech companies have a, uh, a long road to get, uh, uh, you know, permits and licenses. And it sounds like Iceland is a, a can, can allow companies to to maybe pilot and deploy technologies a lot faster. Um, so, and uh, Oslo also mentioned the, um, some expertise in, in different sectors, the sector of energy, uh, maritime. Uh, I think uh, in the previous discussion, you also mentioned geology as an important sector. Um, so, D David, what kind of companies are you working with already uh, that sure. you're bringing to Iceland and for what purpose? So, so uh, as, 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 as has been mentioned, uh, Iceland has already become a bit of a hub for, for direct air capture. Um, that's actually not something we did that happened without, I mean, that, that was happening already. Um, so uh, in my case, I uh, started working with uh, Running Tide, uh, who grow kelp out in the open ocean uh, in, a, in a really impressive, uh, impressively engineered system um, to grow uh, kelp and then sequester it from the, from the ecosystem by dropping it, dumping it or dropping it into deep trenches uh, out in, in the deep ocean. Um, it's they, carbon removal, right? It is carbon removal, exactly. Uh, so it's a really exciting company. Uh, I got to know them a couple of years ago. Uh, they they then called me up and asked. Uh, they they basically been looking at the map and and saw that Iceland had that like really interesting location uh, place uh, positioning in the world. They also know that, that the Atlantic fisheries were extremely well run. There was a lot of talent there uh, for for sort of working in the, out in the ocean. So, so they, so they, uh, they asked if I could help um, them connect to Iceland and figure figure Iceland out. Um, and so I, I started uh, kind of a team, which is now Transition Labs, to help them with that on the location, figure out the licensing, access to harbors, uh, and and so on. And they uh, they they started uh, building out their facilities last summer, and are now live with uh, you know deployments out in the ocean. It's a really uh, pleasant process, and in, in that you know we got we were connected really well with the, with the, with the local uh, with the local authorities, and, and you know just had, had a really smooth sailing, really really fast and, and uh, process. So so with that experience, we, we decided to work with others, and now we have a few others that we're working with um, who want to use Iceland as this kind of um, you know f place for fast experimentation. Okay, are they all related to carbon capture sequestration, or are they other types? No, companies? not necessarily. Uh, it's actually it's a quite quite a diversity of, of companies. Um, but yes, yeah, some some are this this uh, App Carbon, um, who are using different methods to access to address ocean alkalinity. Uh, there's Rockpore, uh, which creates clean and circular cement, and Noya, who are leaders in direct air capture, um, and finally um, also collaborating with uh, former. Meta slash Facebook CTO Mike Shropfer's uh, Carbon to Sea initiative, um, which is not a business, uh, but 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 more as a, as a, a, a like a R and D project, uh, where we collaborate with them on 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 using Iceland as a as a place for uh, for doing R and D, um, tackling ocean acidification. It's really interesting to hear what Iceland is doing. Like I, I want to step back here and uh, mm -hmm. um, just uh, recall what. Uh, uh, the discussion we had at uh, last year's uh, conference, uh, Climate Summit, uh, where we had uh, Singapore's Minister for Sustainability and the Environment, Grace Fu. Mm -hmm. And Singapore is also an island nation and that has a very different set of, uh, of constraints on resources. They have almost no local energy source, no local food. So they, their challenge is more about uh, ensuring uh, local production on some kind of sovereignty 
the difference that they have access to vast pools of, uh, of capital, thanks to very large sovereign funds. Everybody probably heard of Temasek or GIC. Mm. Um, so it's really interesting to see that even though um, the countries that are most active and the largest uh, uh, in uh, terms of climate tech, like the US, China, uh, and some others um, don't necessarily have all the answers and don't necessarily have all the advantages to, to do interesting things. Um, so maybe going back to, to our slog now, um, so what, uh, what do you see as kind of the early learnings of the deployment of climate technologies and what, what do you want, uh, what do you see um, um, the policies uh, uh, shaping into in the, in the coming years? I think um, what I would like to see that that is very valuable that we can offer a partnership in piloting those solutions uh, because we need to transition a very big part of our economy and piloting solutions that do that in a smaller, nimbler society that is open to change and committed to fight uh, climate change. And that is a valuable in, a step in the chain to making the solutions scalable and deployable across the world. Um, and one thing that Icelanders, because I visited Singapore uh, last year, we can learn a lot from them, um, for example, in the university and research. And uh, But there was one thing that uh, the people in Singapore said that they could learn from uh, Iceland. Mm. Um, and that was uh, our mindset and that we always think Icelandic startups must think globally from day one. And our mindset uh, is uh, quoted Þetta reddast in Icelandic. It's like we aren't afraid of trying new things. Uh, just uh, And that mindset was something Singapore really envied us of. Um, so I was quite happy to hear that, uh, I mean, they have a very strong uh, university and research system and they are building quite fast up in, uh, in innovation and uh, tech, like you mentioned. But as we have so many, just where we are located, uh, how our group are as people, how small the system is and our agile innovation ecosystem now uh, i think it is quite unique um, that startup could come here um, expand here and flourish in iceland before they go uh, worldwide we are always trying to get our ecosystem better we have uh, some changes that are just uh, now we've been in parliament this winter um, to make the ecosystem even better and more compatible uh, when we compare us to other countries uh, but what you can't build uh, is something that Iceland just has. It doesn't matter what the politicians does. Um, it is the mindset, uh, how small we are, and of course how we have suffered here in this on this island uh, with all of the geographically um, challenges that face us every year. Yeah, that, it's uh, it's really uh, interesting, and I think that connects with what David said earlier that. You're kind of the opposite of the not invented here or not in my backyard. It's actually, please come to my backyard, please invent and bring it over. It's really, uh, like I don't know if there's an acronym for this, but uh, pro we probably need one now. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think that's something that you really aim to be. I mean, uh, for solutions uh, like Climate Tech, uh, just like Running Tide did. I mean, a company from the United States, David, brought here through um, his and uh, that expanded into Iceland to work on research and development. And that brings Iceland, I mean, despite the fact uh, the changes running tide will make to climate change, it also gives Iceland so much that they bring the research and development related to its carbon removal systems 
uh, to Iceland and to our society to our uh, to work with our experts and that our experts can work in these kinds of companies. Uh, this is a win-win situation for Iceland. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really very unique, uh, very unique situation, and could be a great inspiration for many other geographies. Uh, I'm going to turn to David now and ask mm-hmm. about uh, maybe a, a topic that's uh, uh, kind of tricky in some cases in, uh, in climate technologies is uh, around the community building when trying new technologies that haven't been done anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So direct air capture is not very controversial, but some other technologies can be. So is it something for which you, you face pushback in Iceland or is it something you're working on? Or what, what kind of uptake do you see for, uh, for example, different, different forms of carbon removal uh, sure. That could be, and I'm going to use kind of a, almost a taboo world here, uh, uh, cl- close to geoengineering. Yeah. Um, you know, humanity has done a lot of experiments that, that didn't go well. So, you know, we, we know that when we start doing things at large scale, we can really screw things up. So I think um, that's, that's something we always have to keep in mind. Um, on the other hand, you know, humanity has been doing geoengineering for you know a few hundred years at least. Uh, although I think you, know, you can sort of detect detect even longer longer history of that. So now we're, we're you know we have to change which geoengineering we're doing, and uh, you know it's not. Uh, I don't think we can go to zero just stop. We, you know, that's not happening unfortunately. So so we have to change which geoengineering we're doing. In order to do that, we have to do a lot of research. And you know some research can be done in a lab, but then you have to do other research out in the field. Um, and we can do a lot of research and experimentation with things at scale before they really can, you know, do big damage. So I think uh, you know we have to be out there experimenting, and then you know when 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 uh, when we decide as a human civilization almost that that we have that we may have to do some of these things at really large scale. Uh, we'll have to have had done them for a few years at smaller scale before, and I think it's mm. this kind of intermediate scale that 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 we really have to be working on and experimenting with. Uh, okay, these are so. not things that can do a lot of damage by themselves at that scale, but yeah, we have to we have to understand the impl- implications uh, before we go to full planetary scale. And now that the the kind of planet system Earth is uh, moving at high speed, we might mm. as well try to have our, our hands on the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we yeah, we have to kind of gain gain control of of of, of the you know global thermostat you can think of. And if we don't do that, I, I, yeah, we can really find ourselves how do you say with our pants down in the in the future in the near future. So we only have a few minutes left, so I, I will uh, mostly turn to you now for like final thoughts, mm-hmm. and uh, I will uh, ask uh, first uh, Oslo. Uh, so today, I think there's only three countries that are carbon negative. There's like Bhutan, Panama, and Suriname. So is that something that would, could be on the map for Iceland to become a global carbon sink? Uh, how would you like to see Iceland being recognized in climate technologies on a, on a longer scale? Yeah, um, I think Iceland, Iceland, of course, is a world leader in many areas. Uh, we have been a world leading in gender equality, for example, for 14 executive years. Um, and in many other areas, um, and we see that the, in the climate, we really would like to step up more and be uh, as well um, a leader uh, to this change. And that will not happen only through big words of the government or where we set our goal. It will come through companies and individuals that have 
their minds to it and their heart to it. Um, and we want to get them here to pilot their solutions so they could be the solutions for uh, for the world. So I think um, that is where we are heading. Um, at least uh, my mind is to that. And if I can build the um, system and support uh, these companies to come to Iceland and, of course, to be built up here, uh, it is the ingenuity that will uh, find the solutions uh, um, to the climate. So that is something I think Iceland will uh, will and would like to be recognized for. Excellent. Thanks, Oslo. Uh, and so, David, final words here. So actually, sure. I just say a kind of a side note here is that last year we had a science fiction writer uh, come to the summit, uh, Neil Stevenson, the author of uh, Snow Crash many years ago, uh, one of the um, first uh, works on uh, talking about the metaverse. Uh, but more recently, he wrote a very interesting climate fiction called Termination shock, and in this story, um, it's a the, the world's climate has already uh, gone pretty bad, and uh, private initiative starts to try to correct it. And uh, I can't help but think of uh, what you're doing with Transition Lab and what Iceland is doing, uh, and relating it to that. So uh, I'd like to know what what, where, what would you like to see in the next five, ten years for Iceland and for Transition, and if there's also a call you'd like to make to this audience, uh, feel free to to um, say what you're looking for. Sure. I mean, we're not uh, acting, nobody's acting at the scale that is described in termination shock. Um, and you can debate whether that's a good idea or a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but but what we can offer uh, at Transition Labs in Iceland is uh, quite a lot of natural facilities. There's like, you know un basically unlimited fresh water, industrial amounts of geothermal heat, um, the Transition Labs team is operating a 50-hectare area right next to Reykjavik with a climate tech park uh, near an industrial harbor zoned for pretty much anything one might to do one, one might want to do um, that is otherwise generally legal and safe. Um, so that's great. And, and you know, if, if we can use Iceland as a platform for some of this experimentation, uh, some of the scale um, kind of uh, scaling uh, journeys that uh, these companies have to go through. Um, for technologies that will then be, you know, developed uh, this, uh, and, uh, into the rest of the world, then I think we'll we'll have done gone and done a good job. So yeah, we're definitely open for business in Iceland. Excellent. Well, Minister David, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Ben.